After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Juice. Thank you so much for downloading our podcast. It means the world to us. And I would love to ask you for one more favor before you dive in and hear us talk about the Kings win over OKC. Can you please give us a five-star review or drop us a rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify? All it does is help our show grow. And if you could do that, it would mean the world. So thank you and enjoy the show. Deuce and more. Deuce and more. They tell you what they know. Deuce and mo. Deuce and mo. Deuce and mo. The podcast that you know. Hey, welcome into the Deuce and Mo podcast. The Sacramento Kings. They were looking rough last game. We oh. were in here talking oh. about not being able to flush a toilet. I was comparing the Kings to my dad. Well, tonight it looked a lot better at Golden One Center as they went toe-to-toe with a team that's been red hot the oklahoma city thunder last time they were here they lost a game to the kings who did not have De'Aaron fox but after that they were 10 and 3 they're feeling good coming into this game and what a showdown we saw tonight De'Aaron fox goes for 40 plus sga with 40 plus but the kings were able to hang on and get a big win on the home floor tonight to improve to 14 mm. and 8 on the season by 14 and 8. I mean 14 and 9. Yeah, you did. Kings win 128 to 123. Each and every one of our podcasts presented by our friends for our Northwest Exteriors. Check out their website, northwestexteriors.com. I'm Juice Mason. That's Morgan Reagan. How you doing, Mo? Oh my goodness. I am so much better than I was last game. Um it's been one heck of a week with a lot of things, so I really needed a win tonight. Well, what's your biggest takeaway from tonight's victory for the Sacramento Kings? Um, I thought the battle, as nerve-wracking as it was, I thought it was a lot of fun. I, I thought the Kings did a good job. Not a great job. I thought they did a good job of making sure they were going to close this one out. I know like toward the end, there was some of that miscommunication with Chet and the easy two SGA getting downhill into the basket pretty easy as well, but it still never felt like 
they were in control or those were big momentum shifters. It felt like the Kings were like, ah, shit, we messed up, but we know what we got to do. That's the vibe I got. Was there a point in the fourth quarter when you went, well, this was fun. It's over. If you looked at your text, the text between me, Mike Bibby, and our producer, yes. The answer is yes. You thought it was going to be over. What was the moment for you? I have a couple of candidates, I think. Give me some of the candidates so I remember. You know, I think... When it was 119-117, right? Okay. Oh. I think this was an 18-6 to run for OKC at that point. So Josh bonus Giddy was Green. fouled. OKC challenges. Their second challenge of the oh, quarter. Yes. It ends up a chip block. So it gets overturned. And he had control of the ball. So it was OKC possession. And you're only up two. That was a moment when I'm like, oh, no. They've won a couple of challenges here. It looks like guys are starting to heat up. SGA looks like he is going to get every call all night. He was aggressive. I was a little worried, but made some big plays down the stretch, and they prevail with the win. De'Aaron Fox in this game with 41 points. He did Mm. it on 14 of 23 shooting. 5 of 11 from downtown and 8 of 11 from the free throw line. He also had 7 assists. Six turnovers in this game, too. Don't mention that. What stood out to you about what he was able to do out there tonight? I I felt his confidence. Like, obviously, we can go down the list of players that played with confidence tonight, and I think that's going to be the first thing I say about a lot of guys that we break down. But with De'Aaron Fox, it was like, I... He made me believe that they were going to get this win that type of confidence, right? Where I was like, I don't have to worry. He has the ball in his hands. Even if he's not going to necessarily go off, I trust whenever that ball is in his hands. And then he did. It felt like almost slowly go off. He would get in the paint and he would slowly have a move at the Mm. basket. And I'm just like, how he angles himself, moves his body and finds a way to have a nice little layup off the glass or whatever it is. He makes it look effortless at times when I know, I know that that takes so much physical energy out of any human being. You said the paint. The paint. I love seeing De'Aaron Fox in the paint. Tonight, he was 8 of 13 in the paint. Mm. It's 16 points in the paint himself, Morgan Reagan. And, of course, he's feeling really confident with the three. Five of 11 from downtown. But that was the key to me. You know, I- I'm fine with him yes. taking threes, and I'm fine with the Kings taking threes as a team. Mm-hmm. But it feels like they're not getting the same amount of pressure on at the rim consistently this year. And part of that is defenses, right? But also part of it is just giving into what the how the defense is settling. Settling. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I felt like tonight it was a much better balance for the Sacramento Kings. I agree. And you did your video on NBC Sports California before the game about the Kings offense and why it's um it was, I mean, wasn't it titled like, will the old Kings please stand up or yeah. some shit like that? Will the real Kings please Thank stand you. up? Thank yeah. you. I was like, wait, what was it? And what I loved about it was that you were pointing out how much better things are when they do get those paint touches. And it wasn't like, they just look like a better team when, when the ball moves and they get in the paint. It's like, no, no, you had numbers backing it up, making sure that it's like, if you are a better team like this and you are capable of getting the paint, why aren't you? And at times I think you're exactly right. I don't think it's laziness. I don't think it's effort, but I think at times it's, well, we're also a good shooting team. So let's settle. Let's try this. I feel good about this shot or this shot. And it's no, no, 
keep playing that game because you're also taking away the energy from the other team as well, making them work harder by getting in the paint. And some of the stuff you described too, when he did get in the paint tonight, I mean, just some incredible plays for him, Uh, you know, attacking at all angles. He had that one push late in the game in transition where he finished over Chet off the window. That was fantastic. I don't know how he does it sometimes. He was great last year, obviously an all NBA player. He was an all-star. He's even better this year. And a game like tonight, you, you saw, I mean, you're talking about, Two really talented teams going head-to-head. And let's not sleep on the fact that coming into tonight, Oklahoma City ranks sixth in offensive rating and fifth in defensive rating. So this Kings offense looked a little more like themselves. And that's been the case in wins this year. In wins, they average 124 points Mm -hmm. and knock down about 17 threes a game. Well, tonight, they won. 128 points, they hit 18 threes. Wow. When they lose games, that drops to 104 points and about 12 threes per game in their nine losses this year. So that theme kind of continued yep. tonight where, hey, they did shoot the ball well, but I felt like they got uh, better opportunities in the paint tonight. And of course, they were able to knock down some shots. In some of their other, their better opportunities in the paint too, like you look at their offensive rebounds, they had 11 offensive rebounds, but it turned into 22 points. And I thought they did. A, Those are huge, huge. They did a great job of capitalizing on those second chance opportunities and, you know, go over just to the other side for fun. You look at the offensive rebounds for the, uh, thunder. They finished with 16 offensive rebounds. A lot of those were those long rebounds at the beginning of the game when yeah. those bounces, they were just getting them. They only ended up making, um, 12, points on second chance opportunities. So I just felt like the Kings were doing those small things better. Again, you look at the assists, you look at, uh, well, I'm sure we'll go over all those things, but even defensively, they weren't going to stop SGA. They weren't going to stop SGA, but how are they going to make sure that they were slowing down everybody else? And I thought that that focus was so much more there tonight because of guys like De'Aaron Fox and Monk and Sabonis playing their game on the offensive end, pushing the ball, but also making sure that the ball was moving around. So the energy was just different on both sides. And we saw them, we have seen them blitz some of these talented guards now. Yeah. Many times this year. I thought there were stretches where... It worked for Sacramento, but I did think when they tried to pull off a couple of times late in the game, man, and when I say late in the game, like in the fourth quarter, where either the blitz just wasn't hard enough, mm-hmm. and then the recovery was awful. And then that's where that's where those type of things fall apart. Like, if you're going to blitz and trap, you have to be aggressive, and then you have to have someone get over to the open man. SGA is too smart of a player. Yeah. He is going to find the open guy. And they did that a few times. Giddy got some great looks. And you say SGA, it's like any team with that guy that sure. they blitz. I mean, this goes around the NBA. If you don't, if you don't execute it, like it will be broken. It will be broken multiple times. And obviously you got to keep trying it because you're trying to experience this and, and grow and get better and better at it. But, um, but there was times too, where they would throw that blitz and the ball, OKC would do a great job of rotating the ball, like just swinging the ball around. Okay. Oh, someone Kings came over. They, they were communicating they had a great stop. And then somehow it'd end up back 
in SGA's hands, and then he would have like a little midi or something else where he was just moving without something the else. Maybe a free throw. He shot 18 free throws in this game. Oh SGA, God. shout out to him, by the way. 43 points. He did on 13 of 27 shooting. He had 43 points and made one three. He was 16 of 18 from the free throw line. He made the same amount of free throws tonight as the Sacramento Kings did as a team. Sacramento was 16 of 21. Can we just say that's... And, and this does not take away from him. He had to make those free throws. He, he got to the free throw line. Does not take away from him. But we can say that that was like a little bit of bullshit. Like if anyone breathed on him, it was like, ah, oh, it's a foul. Well, the ones early, Keegan picked up two oh. in the first like minute 11 of the game. And that was unfortunate. Um, Brown kept him in there, which was good. But still, you know, it changes the way you're going to defend because you're trying not to pick up that third foul and that puts you in a really tough spot. So I felt like the two early on Keegan, I was just like, oh, come on, well, man. Th that's the one thing from this game. I thought the whistles in general were bad. But, like, also, SGA is really good at drawing fouls. He's the, really good at drawing fouls. And you could say selling contact. Skill. Yeah, no, for sure. And skill. he sells it with, like, the head mm -hmm. flops back. But he also is really strong on drives, and he's able to take contact and draw the foul. But here, in, in here is just, like, my one, my one complaint of the evening. The Kings got the win. So, like, I love when they win and I get, like, a complaint about this, is that some of the same contact was happening on the other end. And it just like, it, and I was fine with them not calling it, but then you're going to call it for the star SGA. Just, it just, you know, I, I hear that, but I also think SGA, and this is where we, we, we want to crap on a guy because he gets fouled. I'm not crapping on him. Cause I it, think he does a great job of initiating the contact, getting the call, all selling. those things and, and selling so sell it. it better. But it's, that's but, what I'm saying. Like you, I Fox felt like it was sell. more of like the name on the back of his jersey. I mean, the guy plays in Oklahoma City. He doesn't play in LA. I mean, it, they, but how he's looked at around the league. You think so? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I, I, mean, and I think he stud. deserves it. And yeah. I think he deserves that's why there is no knock on that because I think he deserves all the praise in the world. And I think he deserves a lot of the calls, a lot of the calls. It's just more frustrating when you're like, wait. That same thing that like when Keegan that you talk about that second foul when it was like, I think he was more like this, let's say not straight up, yeah, but he arms. was like this, yeah. ba like barely. And they called it. And I'm like, I mean, that's happening on the other end. That challenge that they call with Chet in the block. I mean, he's hitting the back of Sabonis's hand though on that, on that challenge that they challenged Chet's foul on the end of it. Like you're still hitting the back of the, and I heard Katie on the broadcast being like, I did that so many times in the W and every time they're calling that a foul, you know? So it's just like, there was moments like that where I'm like, this doesn't feel right. But again, that's why even with those calls, even with the ball stopping, all the things, the Kings made sure to pull out the win. I'll say this. I don't enjoy watching SGA all the time because I just, when guys are constantly hunting fouls, it bugs me. Just go play the game. If you're going aggressively and getting contact, sure. But there's so many times he's just, it's, there's, he played with Chris Paul for a year in Oklahoma city. <laughs> and I could tell he played with Chris Paul. Like uh, he took a lot from playing with CP three. And you see that on display a lot where Fox is getting his just nasty, just attacking guys, weaving around defenders, slowing down, speed you up, hitting threes. 
I thought De'Aaron was so fun to watch tonight. So and fun. This was a game that had a lot of pace. I saw Will Z post this, that this was the pace tonight was the 10th highest pace in an NBA game this year. Whoa. And you saw, I mean, how many times did we see SJ got a bucket and then Fox comes right back and answers quickly? Yep. I loved De'Aaron attacking in this game. And then he is three point shooting. I mm. still, and this is where I'm, maybe I'm just wrong, right? Like he's doing this consistently enough now where it's like, okay, like he's, he's showing he's knocking down the three. He took 11 tonight. Yeah. Five for 11. Yep. And he, but it looks great when he's launching them, man. They, they, the, he looks like he's doing it confidently. He's coming down transition and bearing threes. He's just awesome. It's a different, it's a different vibe with him yeah. and the way that he is shooting those threes. Like he's shooting those threes like I'm a shooter. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. And I love it. We went head to head in the pregame of SGA and De'Aaron, and you look at a lot of the numbers and SGA's up. Uh, it, they're pretty even, but SGA was like a little higher in a lot of the categories. And then you look at three-point percentage and where De'Aaron Fox is, that's where it separates him there. And then you go to the steals as well. Um, SGA averaging 2.8 steals per game and finished tonight with two steals. So, you know, like he's heavily doing... The fact that he's elite on both ends of the floor in the NBA world has take has noticed this with SGA is great. And that's why I love looking at De'Aaron Fox's game because I think he's starting to really get appreciated for both sides of the floor. And now he's adding that shooting. So mm -hmm. he's like, you can't not talk about me if I get this shit going too. Well, and, that, and that's what I'm saying because, uh, you know, at this point, the way he's doing it and doing it in a game like this where you win, mm -hmm. like th this is when it gets noticed. Yeah. There's no doubt it gets noticed on, on games like this. And again, De'Aaron, like it's, his numbers are ridiculous this year. I want to get his updated numbers from three-point land. I think this is accurate. He's shooting 38.7% from three. Okay, now. And he's doing it 8.3 attempts wow. per game. Wow. I still, how he played tonight, right? We talked about all the points in the paint for him. Yep. I still want that from him. And now you add that with his ability to knock down the yes. three. yes. I don't know if he's going to be able to keep up 38, 39%, but if he hovers around there, that's going to be a huge deal for the Sacramento Kings. I thought he found a really good balance tonight too. Yeah. And obviously when you're, you're knocking them down, of course we're going to be talking about it being a good balance, but I think we're going to start seeing that from De'Aaron's game, that leap of it being a consistent thing that when he is shooting bad from three, we're going, Hmm. Not a good shooting night for him, but we're expecting um, him to take a certain amount of threes per game, especially if he's going to keep looking like he did tonight. Yeah. Sound a lot of these lately. 41 points for De'Aaron Fox. In so the fun. Sacramento, so fun. I mentioned they're 14 and nine. They're also eight and three on the home floor. As it stands right now, as they started this six-game homestand tonight, yeah. they're playing much better basketball at home this year. They That's are. what we asked. We, they, they were not good at home last year. They had so many disappointing losses. Now you got to keep this rolling. you got Utah and Washington the next couple of games. Those are games like, you got to oh, win. God. you got to win, right? But they're, they're sneaky because it's like, can't have a letdown. You can't have... Washington came here last year around this time and beat them. Utah... They got some guys back now. These are the ones yeah. that especially... You got to be locked in. You have to be, especially this year, the way that I feel like teams are playing against them now. Um, some of the better teams, especially around the league, are playing against them. Like, they're playing up. They don't want to lose 
to this King squad that they know that the game plan for has De'Aaron Fox that is just so dominant. Domas Sabonis, who is going to obviously um, get his and be that double-double machine. And then Malik Monk coming off the bench. Like, they have so many more powerful weapons that I just want to see continue to be more just consistent, you know? And so I think when you look at these next two games that they are going to play, you go, can you see more of this team tonight? And I feel like you can and you will. This was, this is a good team. They beat tonight. I know this is a good team. This is a team that's been playing well. I mean, I've watched this team. One, we saw what SGA did tonight. Chet's been awesome mm-hmm. this year. You, you've had great moments. Isaiah Joe knocking down like seven threes against the Warriors. I was at that game in San Francisco. They've had some big wins recently. So this is nice for Sacramento to bounce back and, and take care of business against OKC tonight. Who's the next guy we should talk about tonight? Well, it, there's... Or a topic, whatever. Well, oh, I like both that. I, I think, you know what? Because we started with De'Aaron before we talk about the other guys... I want to go to this guy. I want to go to Keon Ellis, the backup point guard, because I think he his story tonight is so big. A career-high 17 points for the two-way guy, Keon Ellis, who has grinded through the G League and has created this opportunity for himself, and now he's taking that opportunity and saying, I'm going to F some people up out there. Is that what he did? He grabbed his. I'm gonna. I'm gonna grab the world by the balls. I don't know. Like, well, well, you brought him up. He had 17 points. He had six rebounds. He had three mm. assists. He did on six of eight shooting. Five of seven from downtown. He played 27 minutes tonight. What impressed you about Keon Ellis? I, you know. I already knew what he could provide on the defensive end, and he was going to have it tough against SGA tonight whenever he was going in against him. I thought he did a good job of disrupting there, trying to slow down, attempting to slow down. SGA is just so good. But I really thought his offense, and you look at what he did from beyond the arc, five of seven from three-point land. Sure, some guys are just feeling it, but it was the way he was shooting it. It was the way that I felt like he was empowered by Mike Brown and this team to shoot the damn ball. Don't think twice. You're not out there to just be a placeholder or because it's cute story. You're out there to be an NBA player. And I felt that from him tonight for the first time ever. He looked really comfortable out there and the most comfortable, obviously he's been offensively and I'm glad he Decided to shoot it tonight. Yes. He showed last year in the G League he could shoot it from three. Yep. Of course, doing it at the NBA level is is different. For but sure. he was going to get some open looks. And he got open looks and he knocked him down. And you think about what he can provide. Like, the Kings have been kind of searching for a guy who can defend, right? Mm-hmm. Who's scrappy. His hands are unbelievable. He gets so many deflections every game. Anytime he's out there, it's like you can count on him getting four or five deflections. He's just a monster out there. And then he's going to battle, you know, like Morgan said, going up against SGA, SGA is, I, you know, stronger than him. Right. And we know how good. So good. Shea is, but Keon was getting into him. He wasn't going to back down. He picked up five fouls. Sure. But I like how he competed out there. I liked him playing with the confidence. I mean, he's taking heat check threes. Mm. 
That was awesome. He also had that one that hit the side of the backboard. Yeah. That was the ultimate heat check. I feel like he was feeling it in that moment. Yeah. Like, oh my God, I'm so on fire. What do I do? I've done that before playing video games. Oh, re- oh okay. Good. You're overthinking I was thinking, it. I was like, like, where oh, are you? oh my God, I haven't missed you. Oh, how, why did I do yeah, that? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Wait, take it. Reel it in. Reel it in. No. And, and, and I, I, I'm glad that those moments weren't like, oh no, they screwed up the whole game. It's because I don't think he would have made that decision in in moments like that. Like, I think he truly felt that confidence within and was told if if your shot's open, take it. Yeah. And there was a time, I mean, we people have asked us about Keanu Ellis a lot because we've called a lot of his Stockton Kings games. I and, liked him last and year And his lot. leap that he took last year, I was like, damn, like he could be an NBA player. And then the opportunities, the moments I saw with usually garbage time or whatever it was with his NBA minutes, I was just like, Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. maybe he he's an elite G League player, and that's what it's going to be. And sometimes all it takes is really being able to have that opportunity, which the whole Davion Mitchell thing, not being in the rotation, has helped him with this opportunity. And when he got that first start, but then also having a coach and teammates that believe in you, that empower you to have the confidence out there just like anyone else, those things being in the right situation at the right time, that is what Keon Ellis is in. I'm just so proud of him. I'm so happy for him. He provides, you look at that spot for Sacramento, right? Right now, Malik Monk is, I think, in those situations, technically the point guard. Right. Yes. Like he's the backup point guard. Sure. But Keon having a guy that can handle it and who's going to bring it defensively. He's six three, six four, but his wingspan's like six eight and a half. Right. He's got some good length. Mm-hmm. He's pretty fast. For him, it's about being quick with decisions, playing with pace offensively, and you could tell it's just with these reps playing with these guys. He's getting more comfortable out there, and obviously it helps when he knocks down shots. But if you start looking at him and go, the Kings haven't had a G League prospect turn into a legit rotation player for them, right? Mm-mm. It just hasn't happened. They've had guys in their system. We always bring up someone like Gabe Vincent who played with Stockton, never got that chance in Sacramento, ends up getting a two-way with Miami, turns into a guaranteed contract. Now he's obviously earned a, a long-term deal with the LA Lakers. The Kings, besides that, like, the Kings haven't had that guy. They come up and like, oh, he turned into an NBA player. This could be a great developmental story for this organization if he's able to keep building off of this. Agreed. And the Kings will have to be in a, a spot where they go, well, we could only play him 50 games, right? If he's yeah. in a, as a two-way player. So they're going to have to turn him into, a, give him a guaranteed deal. Yeah. Um, otherwise, it's just going to be stuck in the G League. So... I think it's great that he is showing some signs that he could be really productive for this team because having a three and D guy, a combo guard like that could be huge for this team. Huge, huge. And I mean, you talked about his length alone and we keep talking about where the NBA is going with a lot of these long guys and um, positionless basketball. You know, you talk about Malik Monk being the one that was uh, running point at times, but there, you know, it's just like we said, Keon was capable of initiating the offense when they wanted him to, whether it was him pushing the ball up, um, or they just wanted him with the ball in his hands first. So yeah, just a, a, a very positive direction for the Kings and their internal development. EJ in the chat brought this up and it's in my notes too. go back to the first quarter. How about Keon's block on SGA at the rim? He did such a great job to contest that shot. 
And again, that that was an example of his length and athleticism coming into play. Like he's a smart defensive player, but he also it's one thing to be smart, but if you have some of the physical tools that allow you to contest a shot like that yep. and block it, that was big time stuff for him. That and then that deflection he got at the end when they were throwing that blitz on SGA yeah, and he yep. got it up and then SGA ended up fouling him. Um just like those big defensive moments from him. It was just that effort, and then we didn't even mention, or you mentioned it right in the beginning, but the six rebounds, it just shows, like, how he was flying in there, making sure to do all the things and not just score from beyond the arc. Morgan, Reagan, I know we have so many other guys we got to talk about, and so much more to talk about about this game specifically. Yeah. But I brought something back today. What? It's a player of the game, but today we're calling it the dog of the game. <laughs> Who is your dog of the game? I'm so glad you brought that back. Morgan, yeah. this is as close as it gets. The Whoa. options. Keon Ellis, 17 points, 6 rebounds, 3 assists. De'Aaron Fox, 41 points, 7 assists. Malik Bunk with 18 points and 9 assists. Or Demonis Sabonis, 18 points, 16 rebounds, 7 assists. We are currently at the moment tied 47% between Keon Ellis and De'Aaron Fox. So we'll let the fans battle that out throughout the rest of the podcast. What a battle. But I do have the rock and soul player of the game. Ooh, okay. I'm going to guess it's... And I decide this. Well, obviously. Malik Monk? Malik Monk, really. Yeah, Malik yeah. Monk's won this many times this year. Yeah. De'Aaron Fox has won it many yeah. times. The rock and soul player of the game tonight, Keon Ellis. Yay! Dude, Aww. we got to give this guy some love. They don't win this game tonight without his presence out there. Facts. Shooting confidently, knocking down shots, bringing energy, mm. and bringing life. It's one thing to play some defense, but also having the ability to knock down some shots is key. Shout out Keon Ellis, our rock and soul player of the game. I like it. Thank you. Also, check out Rock and Soul, downtown Sacramento, just six blocks away from Golden One Center at 10th and S because you can get hooked up on game day. Oh, yes, you can. You can get 25% off your entire bill if you're going to a Kings game. So Saturday, if you're going to the Kings game. Go there before? Go there before. Between 430 and 630, 25% off your entire bill. And then if you're just going, you want to be around the arena, it's six blocks away from the arena, you go for the game. You can watch the game there. Watch the game there. 50% off apps, 50% off drinks. You're welcome. Check out Rock and Soul Diner. So Keon Ellis, our Rock and Soul player of the game. I love that. Good job. I was yeah. hoping that that was going to be it, but the way that you were going with it, I'm like, is he transitioning into another player? I'm confused. And then it's like, <laughs> trick shot. Some people in the chat saying it should have been uh, players of the Ooh. game tonight. You know, it can't be players of the game all the time. Like, we can mix it up. And you know what? I want to give Keon his love. This guy is Why on a two-way contract with the Sacramento Kings, and he's helping them. Also, closing the game tonight. This guy is playing big minutes down the stretch. I love it. Deuce controls the rock and soul player of the game, whether you like it or not. Also. What? I get it. De'Aaron Fox. <laughs> I love that people are being critical. I love that you guys are into the player of the game. <laughs> yes. I, I get it. This is the Rock and Soul player of the game. I'm just giving Keon some love. It doesn't take away from De'Aaron's night. Yeah, he 41 points. He can still points. be MVP. And here's what I try to do, too. You can call him overthinking. What? You can almost give it to De'Aaron every night. The guy's Fox. averaging 30 a game. Do you want me to just do it every night? And our uh, player of the game tonight, De'Aaron Fox. Mm -mm. No right. way. Let's, let's highlight some other people. Maybe flying under the radar a little Ooh, bit. You know? I like it. Yes. I, I agree with um, that direction. So, good job. 
Side note, and I know we're going to talk about Juan Toscano Anderson later because the Kings agreed to a deal with him. It's not fully guaranteed. Potentially, but we'll, yeah. Um, do you think that maybe a little fire under Keonos a little bit tonight? Just having another guy come in there could take minutes away from you in some regard, depending I, on the lineup. I don't know if if that necessarily did tonight. I feel like I feel like if anything. That's Keon Ellis's thought every night because even think about it against the Clippers, sure. it was Davion finally yeah. got back yeah. into the game. And if Davion was the one that saved the day, like, are you seeing, I don't think Mike Brown would have just all of a sudden gone back to Davion Mitchell um, into the rotation because he really likes Keon Ellis's offense. But at the same time, you just never know with Mike Brown's rotations and opportunities. Also, shout out to everyone watching us live, including Rodrigo, who says, shout out from Brazil, 4.15 a.m., and I just can't sleep. Oh, my gosh. Great win. Appreciate all you guys being here. Hit the thumbs up and subscribe. It just helps our channel grow. Who's the next guy we got to talk about? Oh, I know. Who? Malik Monk. Why are you saying it like that? This guy, man. I love him so much. I love him so much. I love him. Like, how do you not love the hell out of Malik Monk? And, you know... I think there's something that, like, consistently he brings. And as I talked about the inconsistency with this team, with their wins and losses, he brings it night in and night out. Like, and I feel like more so this year than even last year, you're not worried about his this chaotic energy. It's so much more polished and mature this year. And all it's done has is just translated into so much good basketball. I am just so thankful this man is on this roster. One of my favorite plays in the game is uh, Barnes came up to set a screen for him. He got the switch on Bertans and just oh, yes. crossed Bertans, made Bertans look silly on the perimeter, gets into the paint and fires it out. Boom, three ball. Um, was that or, Sasha on that play, I think? Well, who cares? Yes, but who cares about that one when okay. he had the other one early on? I forget. Oh, why do I forget who was guarding him? But he's going between the legs, crossover, oh, step, back, step back, back three, bop. I forget who it that was, was nasty. on. It was nasty, but then, you know, you see him in the pick and roll game. He ends up tonight, mm. 18 points, nine assists. He did on 7 of 15, shooting four of eight from three. And Morgan, uh, Mike Brown noted after the game that Malik Monk leads all bench players in assists this year. I love it. And and right there alone, it just shows not only how important of a piece he is, but I think whenever Matt Barnes or Mike Bibby on the broadcast talk about Bobby Jackson and comparing him to Malik Monk, you think about the importance and the impact that Bobby Jackson would make, but also understanding his role. And it's like, you can go somewhere else, but this situation and this role for you is going to just keep creating a, it, elevating your game to the next level as well. Not just this team's game, but your individual game as well. And I just love the buy-in and the understanding of that. And I just hope that becomes the mindset for a very long time. Are you worried about losing him? I Is am. You're scared I of am. Him? No, yeah. it's, it's, you know how that, it, it, that's with anything in life. Like you see broadcasters and they're really good and it's like, oh, well they're going network. You know, you're, you're going to lose them. That's yeah. just what happens. But you just hope like people do things too, because they want to be happy as well. The biggest number we should mention with Malik yeah. Monk tonight. Yeah. What? 
Are you sitting down? Oh, I already know, I think. What's that? That was me doing assists, but I don't know. I mean, I already mentioned that number. Okay. Oh. <laughs> 18 points, nine assists. But Morgan, 32 minutes and 46 seconds. Mike Brown played Malik Monk over 30 minutes. Is Mike, what? wait, wait, wait. Did Mike Brown, who did not stop Mike Brown? This is not good. Did, did Monk refuse to sub out of the game at one point? This is not good. Oh, no. He I just want to, I'm looking back. Uh, he played, so technically 33 minutes tonight. He played okay. 32 against the Pelicans, 30 against Minnesota. So three times this year. Just the third time this year he's played over 30 minutes. One more, maybe not. Um, either way, that's incredible. Incredible. I'm so happy for him that he's over 30 minutes. Yeah, I, I, I think it, it's been great to see him. Uh, you, I think what you said is like, there was plenty of chaos last year Yeah, when he first arrived in Sacramento. And, you know, he'd have great moments like he does now. But now I think there's more trust between him and Coach Brown. And Malik's just doing a great job with it. Like, he is going to try job. to make the right play. It's going to mess up every once in a while. But I feel like the mistakes have definitely dropped for him this year. And I, I love his ability to create. You know, I mean, yeah, he can hit big shots on you, but his two-man game, trying to get it with some bonus and then getting into the paint, spraying it out, he's been great. You you talk about him being able to create, and especially for others and making others better. I think this was the question that Bibby asked him. Something about, like, when you're going in the paint, is your mentality to score first or, like, pass, you know, like, find your teammates first? And it was like, <laughs> score first. It was just, like, so direct like obviously like hi i'm malik monk and i'm going to score first but i think what he's really missing his answer is he's always ready to make the the best play first whether that is for someone else or for him to score it's only going to make him look good so whatever that's going to be that is what he's going to do i want to look up his updated three-point numbers now as we're here because uh, he's been shooting really well yes. from downtown this season. He shot 35% last year from downtown. This season, 43.4% from three on six attempts a game. Okay, now six attempts per game because he's usually playing under 30 minutes. Yeah. Wow. Uh, that makes me, I mean. He's averaging, let's just look at his numbers as a whole. Yeah. So he's averaging a career high in points at just under 15 a game. Okay. 44%. That's not a career high, uh, but it's a career high from three right now to 43%. He's 90% at the free throw line, which would be a career high. He's averaging five assists a game, which is a career high. I mean, five assists off the bench. That is, so. um, that like when you really take a step back and look at that stat line for someone that is coming off the bench, yep. playing pretty much under 30 minutes a night, just under 30 minutes a night. And the impact that he's making with how efficient he's being with it too. I mean, you you mentioned it. De'Aaron Fox had six turnovers tonight. You don't want to see that with the guy that has the ball in his hands a lot. We've seen that from Malik Monk before, but I feel like you're not seeing that all the time because he knows if he's going to be making those mistakes, he's not going to have certain opportunities. You know, he knows that he's still on that list for Mike Brown of 
You better be locked in and doing things right and doing what you're supposed to do if you want to stay on this floor. And he loves staying on that floor more than anything. Let's talk about the end of the game for a second. Oh. What what happened down this stretch? What went wrong? And I know they win the game 128 to 123, but you know, you had a nice cushion. It was 113.99 after Keon Ellis hit his fifth three ball of the game. And then this lead kept going down, 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 down. <laughs> it gets cut to two. Why would something like that happen? Why why does it fall apart so bad for the Kings when it falls apart? Well, I thought the run that OKC went on, it, it didn't, again, it didn't feel like, oh, they're in control, in control, total momentum shifter. It felt like, if I'm not mistaken, it was the officiating within this, but you can't let that control it. But the officiating stopped the clock and would usually allow OKC to have this possession. Let's say it was a sideline out of bounds. The Kings didn't do their job on the sidelines out of bounds defending it, right? It would be a miscommunication. It would be like it was nonchalant, like there's only a couple minutes left in this game. And it's like this game is way too close right now for a team with SGA on it. Like that's almost identical to having De'Aaron Fox on the other end. You know what they can do in these clutch minutes and what in this team in their three-point percentage this season. Number one in three-point percentage. Yep. I mean, like they could have had so many more spray threes even there at the end. And the Kings lucked out that that wasn't necessarily the case. And I thought they did a good job of trying to answer back for the most part. But it was most of that run, that like 11-2 run that the – uh, thunder went on that I thought was really damaging. Well, once it was 119-117, you saw a couple of misses. Chet missed a three-pointer. Good look. Giddy missed a shot. Then Fox had a great layup. That one over Chet, that was awesome. Then Chet misses another three. Monk misses a tough shot. Uh, then Williams misses a three. Then one of my favorite plays was Keegan hitting that little mid-range jumper to oh, put yeah. them up 123-117. I thought Keegan had some nice moments down the stretch and four did. big free throws. Yep. Yep. Some big moments from Keegan as well. And I just thought I thought he looked a little different tonight too. Like I think there was oh, that's what it was. It was earlier in the game when Mike Brown challenged that Josh Giddy coming over his arms and the ball going out of bounds. And Mike Brown, emotional challenge. That's what we'll call it. It was an emotional challenge because it's like, you can't challenge the foul, Mike. So what are you doing? Yeah. He was just challenging the out of bounds at that point. But my whole point to this was Keegan's face when Giddy came across, right? And he just looks at the ref like, like, are you going to call it? And I just love that he had a little bit more emotion in the way that he carried himself throughout this one. Yeah, that was an awful challenge. And <laughs> Mike Brown actually opened his press conference tonight saying, uh, I don't know if Shaqton a fool is still around, but if it is, my challenge needs to be on Shaqton a fool. No, he did not. Because he said it was an emotional challenge and I shouldn't have challenged it. He messed Didn't even up. hear this. Yeah, he completely messed up. And I saw right after he challenged it, I saw him go, uh, the official said something to him. Who knows what he said. But then I saw Mike Brown go up to him and go, don't worry about it like this. I kind of wave his hand and the official's like, I have to look at it now. And so they reviewed it. It took him like two seconds. It's like, no, you can't. It was ruled. OKC ball out, out of bounds. There was no yes. foul call. So you can't challenge that to see if there was a foul. And then plays later. What happened? Or maybe it was. If oh, Morgan, do not. This is the, some of the tough moments tonight. I thought Sacramento did a great job trying to take 
charges thank tonight. you fox thank try to you. take one no call then he got up and i felt like he was like i'm gonna take this one because i'm being petty right now they called him for a block on it i will say this I, i'm not sure he was completely set i, deuce, I felt like he was deuce, a little off balance but that's but. the thing i say that so many times with around the when i'm watching nba basketball and i'll be like man you know like that guy looked like he was uh just lean like he wasn't perfectly still or something yeah and they will call it every time with that that was deemed from what i've seen around the nba a charge but they had a different narrative well they malik monk actually took one which was big that yep. was great to see yeah this was all in the third quarter there's a stretch where the kings were just trying to take some charges and then lyles took one that i was like offensive foul easily and they called it a block they completely missed that call okay. that was he was set score there was to me, there was zero doubt in my mind that that should have been called an offensive foul. I was, I, I was like in this mindset of, am I crazy? Am I a homer? What, like, what am I seeing wrong here? Because the way that the refs were calling some of these charges, it just made me think, I don't know what a charge is anymore. <laughs> like, if it's NFL, like, is it a catch? Is it not a catch? But yeah, I'm with you, and I'm so glad that these guys stuck with it even through those calls and didn't allow them. Like, even if that screwed with them a little bit in their mentality, they still stuck with it and ended up getting the W. I'm looking back at my notes in the third quarter, too. The Kings did go back to their horn set on a couple of occasions, like two plays in a row, which I love, which, you know, bringing two screeners up for Fox. They didn't bring it as high. But one led to a so Fox found Sabonis for a score at the rim, mm. which was awesome. And the next time down, Fox took it all the way to the basket for the score. Yeah. And I, I feel like it's been a nice little thing they've been running more. Just like, hey, we need a bucket. Let's just go into this now. Like, this is a good play. I can make something happen, whether it's me or finding Sabonis. We'll get something out of this set. And they've been pretty successful running that. Yeah. I think that's, I mean, that's been successful. I mean, as soon as you go, we need a bucket. Malik find a way to get Sabonis a bucket or find a way to create something in the paint. Monk can pass it between defenders and somehow get these little mm. pocket passes. How about the pass he had to Keegan tonight cutting to the basket? Which one? I mean, he threw it by, between like three guys Ugh. on the money for the score. I don't know why you don't remember that one. I don't know either. So you don't remember. But anyway, his passing is amazing. Yes. It, that never happened if I don't remember. <laughs> no, okay. <laughs> Um, what else did I want to mention? Oh, my, one of my favorite plays of the night. I even noted it. Play of the night? Question mark. Tell me mm. what you think. Let's see if you remember this one. Um, Malik Monk. Time out. No, you've been rude twice. I could see in the camera. You roll your eyes after that. And then yeah. that was a little like, we're not doing tired deuce. I'm petty and I'm throwing this shit at you. Be nice. What? Let's I see if Morgan remember remembers this play. She didn't remember a cool play. Uh, Play of the night, question mark? Malik Monk blocks Kenrich Williams at the rim. Yeah. Bitch, I remember it. <laughs> it was wonderful. What happened in transition? A Keon Ellis three ball. I barely remember that that was the possession after. But I do recall yeah. that block and just going wild because it was... One of those moments where I'm like, ah, oh, Malik's not in the right spot, you know, coming over late. Oh, no. He was perfect timing for Malik Monk. The way that he timed it out, recovering, coming over and help, and just getting that block. Um, it would talk about a an, an energy play, a moment, momentum shifter, but then also being able to score on the other end, getting that stop and go was just fantastic. What's going on with Kevin Herter again? Hey, I don't know. I mean... 
can he just like have a stretch where he just like consists? It's either oh my god, red hot, can't miss, mid range. He's playing defense, hit threes, dropping dimes, or it's like, yeah, he's not knocking down mid range shots. There's defensive lapses, and they can't play him much. He played like 20 minutes in this game tonight, and yeah, he's just he's struggling again. Yeah, and and, and in the past when he struggled from the perimeter. He's able to get the mid-range. He had some really, really tough mid-range misses tonight. I wonder if something else is going on up there because I like I thought what happened in the preseason, it was, okay, a little fire lit under his ass. Mm-hmm. Well, how is he going to respond? His, his response was great. He said, I'm going to pick it up on the defensive end. If I can't score, I'm going to make sure to do all the little things. I'm going to crash the boards. I'm going to rebound. I'm going to um, be in help, deflect, you know, get my hands in the passing lanes, whatever. And in his minutes right now, you're just not seeing that. And you're seeing mistakes being made, even if it's not necessarily turnovers. Yeah. It's It feels like he's not running in the right spot or his flow's a little off when he is trying to run through the paint. And then defensively, yeah, there's a lot of other mistakes. And his minutes lately have gone down pretty dramatically mm. since that Pelicans game that they lost on December 4th. He In that game, he had 12 points and he did on 5 of 10, shooting 2 of 7 from 3. But since then, uh, against Phoenix, he played 16 minutes, 0 for 4, 0 for 3. Okay. Uh, against Brooklyn, their win against Brooklyn, he played 17 minutes, 2 of 6 overall. Against the Clippers, in that ugly game, he played 16 minutes. He was 1 of 8. And then tonight, against Oklahoma City, he played 20 minutes, 2 of 8 shooting, 0 for 3 from downtown. Yeah. it's. I mean, it's definitely... Not what you want to see from your starter. Like, if you have this type of game, yeah, once every four games, even I would in, in like you have someone like De'Aaron Fox cleaning up the mess, Sabonis, um, you've bench player, even Trey Lyles. Like, if he was just like stepping up and being a big factor, that's okay to have that. But I feel like you're seeing it bunched together in these games, and that's where I get a little bit worried. The one thing I wonder as a player is the challenge of like, hey, I'm not playing well right now, but I need to kind of play through it. And yeah. I, I think Mike doesn't really allow players besides Fox and Sabonis to play through Correct. It, right? Like, Correct. It's those guys have the leash. If, the, if you are not doing what needs to be done, you're not playing. And I think that can be challenging as a player. I really do. Like someone like Kevin Herter, who seemingly look, is a guy that like is a confidence guy. When he's feeling good about himself, everything's working right. Mm-hmm. You know, he's in the two-man game with Sabonis. He's in the mid-range. He's deflecting balls. He's hitting threes. And then it, it goes bad. And then he's got a, he's going, oh, I have to be out of this game. And sometimes I wonder if there's a benefit to allowing someone like there's him huge, to, to play through these. Yes, of course there's a huge, but, and like, that's why you even just saying that I'm like, um, it's, it's absolutely, it's a challenge when you don't get to redeem yourself in that same game. Not only is it just puts a lot of pressure on you, a ton of pressure, but here's, the thing, when you have a certain coaching staff or you're with a certain team and this is how they do things, 
It's the same thing that we said when Davion was getting his short little minutes out there. Welp, if he's getting 14 minutes out there, you got to find a way to be productive in your 14. And if that's not shooting the ball and that's just being like, you know, whatever on the defensive end while still crashing the boards, then you got to do that. We and, and we even talked about how much better he played yeah. in games that he was playing longer minutes. That goes for so many people. But if you don't have a coach allowing that to be your role, allowing that freedom with you, yes, that can be real shitty, but it's in, sorry, you have to figure it out. Or you have to go in a new situation where it's like you're allowed to have that longer leash. And that sucks. It, it totally sucks. And I hate that. But yeah. all personalities, all players, and how they do things are going to be different. He, he rides the hot hand a lot, Mike Brown. You know, it's like, okay, well, all right, Kevin, you're not playing well. And then it seems like what ends up happening is someone else will come in and, and play better and they just roll Keon. It. like Keon Ellis yep. tonight. You know, yep. it's like, all right, we normally, we do see some minutes this year with like Fox, Monk, and Herter out there. Well, oh, Keon's kind of bringing it. He's knocking down shots, playing good energy. I'm just going to keep going with that. So it's like he rewards the guys for being ready. And it, it but it, it's got to suck if you, you're a starter. And I mean, Harrison Barnes had the same thing tonight, right? He played the first six minutes of the first quarter <laughs> and then play the rest of the half. Dude. And, <laughs> and then, then the second half, then when he, start, did you oh see what God. happened to start the second half? You mean the, when he had the open dunk and missed it? Is that the one? He had a turnover and then the yes. open dunk. Oh, and yeah. Miss. It was like great ball movement. Oh. And then he like, st- his foot was out of bounds on a three point attempt. I'll, I'll say this, Harrison. I'm not trying to grade on a curve here, but yeah. I felt like late in the game, he had two key offensive Huge. rebounds crashing from the corner, Huge. which I thought it was great. It was Th- good to see. Those are the moments that like my, why Mike Brown trusts someone like Harrison Barnes. He's like, he's your veteran leadership alone. I feel like you're still going to make the right decisions. Um, that's what kind of went down late, but yeah, for Kevin Herter, I really, I hope he finds a way. Like I kind of said, you can have your bad game once in a while, even for someone in his role. You can have your bad game every four games. Like, I'm just putting a number on it for fun. But you got to figure it out in between. You got to make sure that you are proving game after game why you are a starter. And that sucks to have to, that has to be your thing because you're right. A lot of pressure on those shoulders. Yeah. Yeah. Malik Monk, he knows what he is. I'm your role player. I'm the I'm the guy coming off the bench, being your energy guy, but I'm going to provide and I'm going to still also get what I want and do what I want. And that's fun for him. There's like there's not a lot of pressure there, you know? We have a lot more to get to talking about this game, looking ahead to the Kings game. We got to talk about Juan Toscano Anderson signing with the Kings. And we have our moment of the game, but we need to mention that tonight's podcast is always presented by our friends over at Northwest Exteriors. Can I just say, windows are a game changer. And if you're looking for windows, you want to have the right company, not some company that's going to like, oh, you're going to subcontract it out mm. to, uh, from LA. It's going to be delayed. And No, no. How about people who work in town, who live in Sacramento, who breathe Sacramento, who like the Kings, Northwest Exteriors. You got to check out the showroom in Rancho Cordova. You go there. You can see all the windows. You can see everything. I just love, too, that we always throw in, like, and they're Kings fans. But I just feel like, 
Well, they have good taste. That's what I'm trying to lean toward. (laughs) They have good taste on the basketball floor and off the basketball floor. But seriously, we've talked about it multiple times. You guys know how windows have seriously even changed this podcast room with noise canceling um, features and uh, so much more. It saves money on the energy bill and it makes the house look beautiful. So if you're looking for new windows or maybe you don't even know if you need them, just get a free quote. It's that easy. Yeah, check out their website, northwestexteriors.com, because simply the best, trust Northwest. Thank you. Love them. Appreciate everyone's support of the Deuce and Mo podcast. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Um, Morgan, what else have we not talked about with this game tonight? Um, let's see. We got, I mean, Josh Giddy getting booed like crazy in Sacramento. That was funny. <laughs> I wasn't expect. I was like, did like did something happen People in Sacramento? In. No. And it was like, nope, nope. So yeah, everything that's going down with Josh Giddy, he was and, getting all the hate in and, Sacramento. And of course, he came out in the second half just like what aggressive, and then he got opportunities. He was knocking down threes. I'm like, don't let Josh get. Don't no. let the villain be the guy that helps win this. Boo him. Boo him louder. That was um, that was really cool. <laughs> Chet. I felt like played better a little bit down the stretch, but man, I've watched Chet play this year, and there are so many times I'm like, God, he is so crazy good. I love what I see, and he just hasn't played that great in the two games against Sacramento yet. Do you think the Kings did a good job of, like, I don't know, altering his game a little bit too? Maybe just a big body like Sabonis? But I've seen I think him they go play up. physical with okay. him, you know, and that's the thing with Chet as, you know, he's a rookie in the NBA. Yeah. And I think. You know, he's just not strong at this point. He's still learning the game. And and taking bumps from Sabonis is not an easy thing to do when you're a guy Chet's size. No, no. But he also had some nice plays. He blocked Sabonis a couple of times. He did. He did. And, like, I I think he'll keep, you know, growing and maturing in that way so he'll know how to use his body to his advantage. Because I even felt like at times, like, De'Aaron Fox knows how to just, like, kind of euro step by him or you know whatever it is to just angle himself better so chet isn't going to block this or that and 
Um, yeah, it's been interesting watching him against Sacramento Kings. I'm glad that he's not going off against them. I thought they did a great job trying to make life more challenging on Sabonis tonight. Man, they were throwing so many guys at him. They're throwing so many guys at him. There's also one play where like Keegan got the ball and there's like four guys on him and Keegan tried to get to Sabonis. But it was a turnover. I'm like, why did four guys just collapse onto Keegan? That was insane. Um, but they were making sure to throw three guys at Sabonis. They were not going to let him kill him inside. And Sabonis missed some bunnies early again. He got blocked a couple of times, he but still those. ended up having a big impact on the game. He had 18 points, 16 rebounds, seven assists. And I love seeing him push the pace again. Get out, grab that board and go and I get into the early offense. Love the way that he's been pushing the pace. He's been huge with that. But then on top of all of that, I think you look at that first quarter and he, um, you and I were texting at that point. He had two shots and one was a three pointer and the other was like, uh, he had made in that two man game with Malik Monk, just in a little give and go situation. Yeah. But, but yeah, it just, I was like, Oh God, this isn't enough. This isn't enough. When is he going to get more aggressive? But like you said, OKC did a good job of trying to really slow him down, throwing guys on him. And Chet's a good shot blocker. He, he blocks is. over what? Two shots a game this year. Oh. God, he's yeah. He's long. He's really good at it. Great timing. I, I know a lot of people like OKC. I, I don't think they're ready yet. I think they're a, a year away and a player away. I was maybe say a piece may, away. Maybe the piece is coming at the trade deadline. They obviously have so many draft picks. They can make God. a move, right? But I just look at them and go, they don't have enough up front. I think they're a little up and down. I think the giddy deal is obviously a concern yeah. for them. And who knows how he kind of fits there in general. But they have all the picks to go make a move. I think they're using this year. I I, I feel like their approach is going to be like the Kings approach last year of the season. Where it's like, Ooh. hey, like this is the first year with this group kind of healthy now. SGA's out healthy. there. Chet's there. Yes. Let's just see how they respond to this. And then Let's see them compete. They were a playing team last year. Can they be a playoff team, right? But there, I think there's so many people who are right now want to put them in like the upper echelon of the Western Conference. Yes, I'm not. They're they're near the top right now. I just don't see it this year. It's been really fun watching them beat the Warriors. Not gonna lie, like yeah. I think that that alone because there's so many eyes on this team. On the I'm talking about the Warriors. On the Warriors, that people are seeing OKC beat them it's like ooh, can they do this in sga i mean not only is he being a star on the floor and just an incredible player but you know he's in a skims campaign you know kim kardashian's underwear line or whatever it is and i turn that down yeah what i just was Picturing me in Skims? Body shaming you. Yes. Oh, my God. If I was in Skims. Yeah, no, you should like, show everybody. Damn. Show everybody. I actually got me undies. This, no, no, no. <laughs> they're not, not getting paid. Okay. They're not getting paid, so don't. But they are pretty comfortable. Don't tell us the brand, but and you got new say, underwear. My butt looks amazing in them. I could. Do you want me to? Yeah, show everyone. Uh, not tonight. Not tonight. That's for your OnlyFans. Yeah. Um, um, but, yeah, yeah, so, anyway, but, like, looking at... I understand why so many people want to start pushing them there. I think there's a lot of excitement about what they can be. And the it's a lot of talent. And there's a lot of talent, but also it's it's 
the patience around it. Everyone's like, what's Sam Presti doing? Is this going to work? And then you see it go in the right direction. Everyone's ready to just like make sure it takes the next leap, but slow down. I think you're exactly right with, um, where they're at, but also their potential and where they can keep going. Something you said earlier, you're talking, we were talking about like Fox SGA and I don't want to turn this into, Oh, who's better? Cause I, they're two of the best guards in the NBA, two of the best young guards in the league. Both were all NBA guys last year. SGA was all NBA first team. Fox is on the third team. I guess my question to you is what 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 do you think it'll take for Fox to get that type of God. recognition? Like, yeah, because um, we uh, and I hesitate to say it a little bit because I think sometimes I I'm going by more of social media than anything yeah. and. We, we always go, oh, man, Fox doesn't get the love. I'm like, well, I mean, he was voted all NBA last year by the media. He was an all-star. So he's obviously getting some recognition. He was he an won all-star that- because of an injury. Sure, but he also was all NBA at yeah. the end of the year because he was voted in. He was the clutch player of the year last year. Yep. So he's obviously getting some attention. I think sometimes I'm looking more at social media where I see, like, Bleacher Report, you know, all No, and these- that's a good point. That's actually a good point because I think – his numbers alone and the people that get to whether it's like vote on things because of numbers. Again, when I'm talking about numbers, I'm even talking like his clutch numbers that led to him being clutch player of the year. Right. It wasn't just like a popularity contest in that it was, he was that much better as a clutch player than so many others in this league, even though so many people wanted to put him and Jalen Brunson right there, which by the way, I'm not. I wasn't watching Jalen Brunson every night, but I was watching De'Aaron Fox every yeah, night, yeah. and I really did see a difference. But, um, but my point is too with that. I I think his three point shooting being consistent and being where it's at right now. I think people right now are going, "Is this a fluke? Mm. Is this going to just kind of?" be high right now teams are going to figure out and it's cute story if he can keep that up this whole season here's the other thing De'Aaron Fox is part of an organization where you have to be better than great you have to be elite at a different level of a type player if you want any love I don't know why Sacramento has no I do know why Sacramento has um that reputation yeah. it's because of all the years of shit and bad basketball and, yeah, you have and to, being the the laugh of the town you have to do it you the laugh of the town <laughs> that's a new phrase yeah the laugh of, it's been the laugh of the town the kings have been the laugh of the town <laughs> uh, um joke well and i think part of it too is like respect is not just given off one successful year no right? and no um you know, we were in Vegas for the in-season tournament championship and ran into someone who worked with the league and he was involved in production and, you know, we met him and he, he found out we were in, from Sacramento and he goes, oh, I spent so much time in Sacramento in, in 99, 2000, 2001. I spent years there. He goes, oh, the league loves Sacramento. And it was a different time, right? It was the post-Jordan era. It was, he just retired and the league's going, uh, everyone's scoring 90 points a game and this shit is ugly and MJ's gone. We have no, who's the, who's the next MJ? We don't have them. Yeah. And the Kings played like differently than everyone else did at the time, right? And so their whole thing is like, they had ideas like, hey, let's make it Y2 Kings, like Y2K in the, 
you know, 2000. God, I sound, I feel like I sound so old. Like, hey, there was a thing called Y2K in 2000, kids. It. You can go ahead and look it up on Wikipedia or maybe on TikTok. That's your uh, preferred search engine at this point. Anyway, um, but like, he, he said, we have so much stuff on those teams. Mm -hmm. Like, we spent so much time in Sacramento. I'm like, my God, post that. Put it They're out. like, oh, yeah, we, were we even thought about doing a series about, like, the teams that were close to winning. I'm like, do it. Do it. it. But my point is, yeah. the, the, that those Kings teams did it for a couple of years. They proved it. And so, like, you can't just have one Correct. good year and be like, oh. Correct. Now, uh, you know, the counter to that would okay. be, what's OKC done? No, 100%. You know, and I feel like yeah. and for being a small market and for being a a market or a team with, I'm just going to say, like, before Chet, let's really say SGA proven, like, wow, he's going to be a star. With Chet, he was injured his entire rookie year. Yeah. So people were excited about his potential, what he can be, but everyone was already putting this, like he's going to be a star as well. So people go in that direction with certain personalities, players, organizations. I don't understand it, but with the Sacramento Kings, because they were the butt of the joke for so long, yeah. for so long, I think people still want to keep that narrative and laugh at them when they can. And now they're starting to be like, oh, we can't laugh, but they were a cute story last year, but that was a cute story. And so they have a lot to prove. And, but here, but when I say they have a lot to prove, they just have to do it 20 times harder than all the other teams, all the OKC like teams because they're Sacramento. Do you have any idea who won the defensive player of the game crown tonight? It was the one and only Malik Monk getting it? Yeah, verticality. Malik! Yeah! <laughs> Gotta be me, man. Gotta be me, man. Yeah, man. So there's uh, the video that we just played, audio people, of Malik Monk getting defense player of the crown, uh, game crown, which was uh, pretty cool. I think my favorite part about it, yeah. how excited he was to actually get it. <laughs> I think the buy-in of yeah. just like him being like, yeah, it should be me and all the things. Everyone posing for the photo, even if you're not playing, you're on the bench, getting a DMP. Guys like it. They they enjoy celebrating one another. What do you th think about this quote from De'Aaron Fox tonight? Talking about Sabonis. Okay. Because I think we take for granted a little bit what he does. I think being able to get 18, 16, and 7. I don't know how many times he's done it. I'm pretty sure he's done it a good amount of times. That's not a normal game. When we were just talking about OKC, what they've done, mm -hmm. why they are on a different pedestal, whatever... And then what the Kings do and how you have to do things on a, at an elite level. It Sabonis is right there in that conversation with me. I'm like, why doesn't this guy get talked about differently? And everyone wants to point out, oh, his one post or postseason with the Sacramento Kings, even though he was a huge reason why that they got there for the first time in 16 years, and he led the NBA in rebounding, but he's not a real big. He should be a power forward. He's not a real big. That is the 
weirdest angle. That is the weirdest conversation to me because De'Aaron Fox is exactly right. And he's not a homer. I hate when people think that people are just like, have these biases toward their guys. I mean, the numbers are like proof. They're facts. Like what else do you need? I think, and I have to check myself sometimes because I I acknowledge what he means to the team and his impact and his involvement, getting guys going. I love how well he rebounds. I think defensive rebounding, the Kings are really good at, right? But he, he deserves credit for his rebounding a sure. little more. Um, I, I think the one thing with me is I just wish he finished better inside the paint um, at the rim. And that, to me, you know, I think that's, I think it's gone down this year for him. And you look at his overall numbers. They're awesome. You look at it, 18 points, 12.4 rebounds, just under seven assists a game. He's shooting 56%, 40% from three. He's only taken 1.3, but, you know, he's knocking it down. That Those are all exciting things. I just want to – I'm looking at his rim right – at the rim right now. So this year at the rim – he is shooting 55% at the rim. Last year, 65%. The year before that, 70, 64. He's not shooting well at the rim this year. Right, right. And so that's just an area early in the season that I want to see improve. Because, Absolutely. You know, I, I think he can score more. And I want him to score more. I want him to stay aggressive in the mid-range. There's a lot of pressure on him with that contract and, and where the Kings are at. To, to carry that. Well, and especially when you are big and you're missing bunnies, it's it's like it. there's something that can be deflating about uh, it, right? God damn it. I'm sorry. I misread everything. Let's just go that. So his numbers How? are down. I, I went in reverse order. This is from Clean the Glass, and this is why I'm tired. I told him oh, the Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Wow, okay, he's okay. so much better so, than it, I thought. He is so much better. Okay. Hey, everybody in the chat, um, just real fast, I'm going to put my on the screen just so you guys know don't i'm taking accountability here i messed this up okay there you go i messed this up he's not shooting 55 percent of the rim Say it that's again. what he did during his rookie year at okc he's at 67 percent at the rim which is down still Doesn't still make down feel better uh <laughs> no but it's down Compared to last year. I still feel better. When I first when I saw that number, I was like, wait, are we sure? Is this a small sample size? No, but the the percentile too, like it's just it's down compared to last year. He's sixty seven percent last year, seventy one, sixty eight. Sorry, Deuce. I just I feel better. <laughs> wait, and I know you're gonna read all your comments and stuff in a second, but hold on. The one thing I also wanna say about this too, with his double doubles that he gets. I think sometimes there are some that are so much more impactful than others. And I know that sounds crazy, but like when he is like a 10 and 10 game, there's times, and I hope you're listening yeah. when it's a 10 and 10 game and it's like in a loss or something, you're like, yeah, he's supposed to get that. But in a game like tonight where it was uh 18.16 rebounds, you felt it, you felt it. And yes. I just, and I think like all like every double double is not created equally. We say that about triple doubles, all these things. Um, and Domas, you expect that night in and night out, but some feel different than others. Uh, here's his shot chart tonight for the Kings. Uh, in the paint, he was six of 11 in the paint tonight, okay. 54 percent. Well, I feel good after you threw out that 55 percent. So okay. I'm gonna be mad about that. For oh, the, yeah, you are next week or so. Next week or so. All right, what else do we have to talk about? Um, 
I don't know if there's much more else to talk about from this game, except I do want to say, because I was feeling, I was feeling this, uh, anxiousness after we had talked about SGA early on in the podcast. And I just don't want anyone to ever think that like, because I'm talking about his free throws and what he was shooting or even with officiating or anything that I'm taking away from his game. I think that is very important for, and I know I said that already, but it is very important. And I know we talked about how he looks to get the call rather than, um, rather than just like go up with it and then someone call it. It's still, it's, it's a strategy whether you like it or not. And yeah, it it worked in a game like this. So I just don't think it's as glaring as like prime Harden, which is just like, you know, Doing the swipe sure. through. The falling backwards. Yeah, just yes. crazy. I feel like SGA plays with an aggressiveness that I can appreciate as a fan. I don't, I don't love it all the time. I don't love it all the time. It's not sexy. I'm like, just play. But look, it's effective. He's able to get to the basket. The name it. of the game is to score points, yep. more points than the opposing team. And one way to do it is to get them into foul trouble, Mm -hmm. get into the penalty, get to the free throw line, and then knock down your free throws. He does it. And it's not all he does either. I think he does a lot out there. It's not my favorite style of play. It's not appealing to me. No, but I really do enjoy watching him. I'm I'm like, I really enjoy, and I really enjoy, not against the Kings, but just like as an NBA player, I really enjoy watching his game. I enjoy... Um, when he has those big clutch moments against other teams. And um, and then also how he can still put so much energy yep. to the defensive side. Morgan, should we talk about Juan Toscano-Anderson now? Sure. Unless you had any, something else. No. So Woj put out today that the Sacramento Kings have agreed to a one-year deal with Juan Toscano-Anderson. He was playing in the NBA G League for Mexico City. Last year, he started the year in L.A. before getting traded to the Utah Jazz, of course. Really had to grind his way to the league. Played in a Mexican league, then ended up in the G League. I mean, I think I've called some of his G League games when he played in Santa Cruz with the Warriors. And then he earned a deal with Golden State, won a championship there. Obviously very familiar with Mike Brown from when he was with the Golden State Warriors. 6'6", good wingspan, plays tough. Look, it's a final roster spot, and according to James Hamm, it's a partially guaranteed deal, so there's a chance he may not be here long. But the reality is, for that final roster spot, I am totally fine bringing in a guy that knows one way, and that's to play hard. He plays physical, great culture guy, great locker room guy. I'm cool with it. Oh, yeah. I I don't see... I don't see what the big deal is. Yeah. And if you really look at this and you go, okay, is are if the Kings are looking to make any changes coming up at the trade deadline, does this allow them to just have someone already in their system on their okay. bench add depth? So then if they were to make changes to other players, they at least have someone that still like understands and knows what's going on right here, right now. Um, I love that JTA has that relationship and the knowledge of what Mike Brown is about. He's played at the highest level. He's had to play at the lowest level and grind his way to the top. That alone what that can do for a person, their mentality and understanding of what an opportunity means, I think is very valuable to an entire team. Yeah. He's a wing too, which is helpful for this team. And I think 
he makes good decisions out there. He's not much of a threat from the perimeter. He, you know, he's never really been a good three-point shooter. In the G League, he played, I think, 11 games for Mexico City this year. Averaged just under 20 points a game. In addition to that, um, I think it was like six rebounds per game. He didn't shoot well from three, 31% from three there. Obviously, he's not coming in to score 20 points a game for Sacramento. He's coming in to be that presence in the locker room, maybe get some run, go out there, play hard. He'll move without the ball. I like Juan Toscano Anderson a lot. The other thing I was thinking about, the guy's going to be in shape. Mexico City's elevation is well over 7,000 feet. If you play in Mexico City, then you can go run with the Kings. Well, then that's good. <laughs> potential. I love that you still add potential. Well, yeah, I don't know what his role is going to be. No. And I don't know how long it's going to take to integrate him into lineup. If he's in the rotation, I right. don't know. You're right. I'm that's why that's why it's it's tough to talk about too because you just don't know that stuff. But I think ultimately when you look at just adding a guy like him um to the roster, just even have a practice with that length, I think will be valuable for some of these guys to go up against. How do I mess up that's a bonus thing? Get hey, hey, you shoot, you miss, you move on. Like right. Well, I'm gonna try to move on to someone we have not talked to in probably like seven games. Yeah, what the hell? And it's a little bit my fault. Let's uh, bring him oh. in for the first time in a long time. Of course, you can join our Discord, Discord.gd Discord.gg slash deuce and mo. Uh let's check in with Coach Nick. What's up, Nick? Hold on, Nick. I can't wait, hear this you. is great. You're What's muted. up, Nick? Why not like the beam? Why wow, not? short and sweet. It's been a while. We haven't talked in a while, man. Yeah. How are you doing today, Morgan? <laughs> I think Deuce needs you to ask him that question more. Can you ask him? Okay. Yes. How are you doing today, Deuce? Aww. I'm okay, Nick. Are you are you are you ready for Christmas coming up? Yes, I am. Hey, why not have Christmas? Why not have Christmas? What, do you have a favorite Christmas movie? Ooh. <laughs> okay what like rudolph frosty the snowman maybe home alone elf elf how about rudolph the red elf's reindeer oh it's a yes. classic yes it's good a good one. one what do you ask for uh for christmas well what do i see is well i see um carpet king's tickets oh i oh. see okay all right did you watch the game tonight yeah, I was downtown Sag actually watching the game at Tipsy Two Putt. Then I, the last seconds I came inside, I came, I was yelling, I was yelling outside the center The last seconds I said, "Why not light the beam?" And they lit it just for you, Nick. Yeah, why not light the beam, Morgan? Why not light the beam? So you saw the beam lit and you had fun watching the game. Yeah, I saw you at the NBC Sports pregame booth. Well, I I, trying, how did I, I not was, hear you? You obviously weren't screaming loud enough. I was trying to yell for you. Say, Why not like to be Morgan? I'm sure you were. Sorry, I couldn't hear you. Yeah, how about fire that laser? <laughs> Nick, Nick, it's been a long time. I thought you'd have like more questions for us about what we've been up to or, or maybe a story to tell. You're just kind of playing your same hits. I like it. What? What do you want to do for Christmas, Morgan? Oh, what do I want to? What do I want? I well, oh, Deuce is mad that you didn't ask him. Um, but what I want, I want, I want. I think I want sleep. That's I. I think that's what I want. I'm excited for sleep. You need some sleep. Just a little bit of sleep. 
Hey, Nick. He asked what you wanted while you were gone. You know, I got what I wanted. You know what I ordered, Nick? What? Have you heard of the movie called Home Alone? Is that what you ordered? No, no. (laughs) But that's a good guess. Yeah. Uh, I ordered the Home Alone Lego set. It's like over 3,000 pieces. I started it yesterday. Check this out. The first thing I made, guys. Yeah. The OK Plumbing and Heating (laughs) van from the movie. How sick wow. is that? Oh, oh. <laughs> Nick, Nick is not impressed. Nick, you are not impressed, are you? You just try to be nice, but you're lying. You're not impressed. Oh. Nick, you know we can you, see you when you turn your you head suck. over and you don't care. <laughs> All right, Nick. Morgan. Ready, Morgan? Sleep beams. Uh. Sleep beams, Nick. We'll see you soon, okay? Sleep beams, Morgan. <laughs> I, I, I don't know what I did to him. That he turned like I do not care. He's like, did Morgan make the Legos, dude? Oh, if you're a Home Alone fan, hold on, let's just do 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 yeah, great, it's awesome. So uh, yeah, I'm. So, I started this three thousand pieces. It's gonna be my new Christmas. How tradition. many pieces was that? I don't even know. I think count- so, it was a lot. This took me like an hour and a half. So there was like. And can I just say something real fast? Well, it's your show. We're As a kid, here. I got Legos, but you know they weren't. Here no we one was sitting down and going, "Here's a Lego, so let's put it together." It was me just using my that imagination. Was okay, but some people build it. So this is the first time I've ever done it, and I'm like, "Can I just say a little therapeutic?" <laughs> No, just you're just sitting there and you're putting it together and I'm concentrating, I'm looking at the pieces. I'm I'm just focused on something that's like not the phone or TV or noise. It was just like I was locked into this. Love it. And I really enjoyed it. I think it's like a puzzle for some people where it gets your brain moving, but it also it's like interactive and um I think Legos are really good for kids. So if you have kids, get Legos. It's not just kids. It's no, good no. For I'm just saying too. they're really good for. They're yeah. really like they get their brain going quick. Yeah. Where it's like you started late and you were putting Legos together, like, like making a fake house out of it, and now you're making little cars. Pretty awesome, huh? It's really cool. Harry, really? Harry, hey, Harry and Marv in here. Little Harry kid. and Marv's right in there. It's pretty cool. Very proud of you. Um. Okay. Morgan, next up for the Sacramento Kings, they play Saturday against the Utah Jazz. Mm. Utah was in Portland tonight, and they got a win in Portland. Um, They set some of their guys. Um, They did not play Markinen tonight, or uh, John Collins is still out, blah, blah, blah. But they won 122 to 114. They were up by as many as 33 points, so the game was not very close at all. The Jazz overall have been struggling. There's more and more rumors that they could be active at the deadline. That came out today, so that's something we can talk about on Saturday. But they have won two in a row, including a win last night against the New York Knicks, 117 to 113. They beat Portland today. They wrap up the road trip, a short road trip to Gamer. Uh, against the Sacramento Kings coming up on Saturday. Morgan, this is one of those games where you're just like, Kings, we're going to learn a little bit about you. Yeah. You know, like, we have seen them have kind of let down games. I I, I just want to see some consistency, right? They started two and four this year. Mm -hmm. Then they won six in a row. Then they're now, I believe, six and five over the last 10, 11 games. My point is, it's just been like, okay, two and four. 
oh my God, they've won a whole bunch in a row. And then it's kind of like average basketball. I just want to see them string it together. I want to see some more consistency and don't have a letdown game the next two games. That, like I'm so, like That's how I feel with these next two. I'm not trying to be disrespectful and say overlook teams, blah, blah, nope. blah. But the Utah Jazz now, even after the win tonight, they're 9-16. and 16. And then the next team after that's coming to town, the Washington Wizards. You do not want to be the team... Who loses to the Wizards? They have lost six in a row. They're three and twenty on the season. And why else they can't lose to the Wizards is because you will be hosting NBC Sports California that night, and yeah, that yeah. would be a really shitty way for you to be at a home game after a loss against yeah. the Wizards. Yeah, we're not going that far ahead. Let's focus on the Jazz first. No shit. I was just saying. I was just. I was just saying that. I know, I don't, I don't even want to think about that possibility. It gives me, it, it scares me, is what I'm saying. Oh, losing to the Wizards. Put Lego together. If, and Morgan, if I am hosting pre and post game with Mike Bibby on Monday, yeah. is that Monday? That yeah. Game, and they lose to the Wizards? Yeah. I'm like, what's the Wizards schedule Oh, and now Deuce looks at the Wizards. I was ready to go back to the Utah Jazz, buddy. Here he goes. <laughs> so the Wizards play the Pacers today. Okay. Then they play Sunday against Phoenix. Okay. And then they play the King. They're, they're going to be on a back-to-back. <laughs> they're in Phoenix the night before. You okay. can't. So this is a great point. So both these games, like, even I think when you look at the Utah Jazz, you saw that first game against Sacramento Kings. Kings didn't have Trey Lyles. Harrison Barnes went off. Yep. Um, Ooh, maybe a Harrison Barnes uh, going off game monster again. Monster game against yeah, the Jazz. Yeah, that would be fantastic. Either way, this team... Obviously, the Kings look different even from what they look like in the beginning of the season. And you just hope that they really, in, I mean, you hope and they should take it so seriously and look at this as just another tough Western Conference team that they have to give it to. Because it's been, it it's just this season, expectations are so much higher that, I don't just expect them to beat the Jazz. I expect them to to dominate the Jazz. And that, to me, is like keeping a 10- to 15-point lead throughout the game. It's the NBA. That could not happen on any given night. But you're on your home floor, and you're about to play the Jazz and the Wizards. So make it happen. We have not had our moment of the game from tonight's Ugh. game. Chat, can you guys help us out? What do you think is the moment of tonight's Kings win over Oklahoma City 128-123. I think the one that plays that, the, the Malik Monk block That's Keon what, Ellis 3 might be it. Perfect, because I want to get Keon Ellis in there, but the Malik Monk block to me was just a huge moment. Shut up, Malik Monk. Yeah. Getting vertical, blocking a shot? Oh, my God. He's just my favorite. He's my I'm, favorite. I'm, that's a good candidate. Let's was see. there anything else we're missing? Um... I mean, Fox had forty-one like that, but that it's not necessarily a moment. Let's see what else people say. Washington Wizards suck. The Utah yeah, Jazz yeah. is trash. Okay, come on, we're we're looking I, for a moment. You guys. know, I think it's a Monk block, Keon three, and then we also acknowledge that Keon Ellis had a career high tonight. Yep, yep, I like it. Monk block was epic from KO. Mark says Ellis back to back threes. Um, and then Keon. So okay, we're putting that down. Keon I like Ellis. It. Manny, block, love it. Good job. Good job. That's what we're doing. I am happy that we are putting Keon Ellis on a moment of the game 
that was a Kings win. And it was like, you know, sometimes these moments sometimes could be like, oh, hey, the Kings lost, but hey, good to see Keon have 17. They won. Our Sharif Jewelers moment of the game. Can I, just for fun? Yeah. Can I pull one a moment out of this? I but, mean, you way, do every third night chat, so. Do you want to pull one out? How about you pull one out? No, I'm good. Okay. What if you pull out tonight? <laughs> That'd be really funny. All right. Here's a moment. Wow. Uh, great. November 22nd at the Pelicans. 117-112 Pels. The only moment we had on this. This is soft of us. I'm just be honest. Okay, what is it? Trey Bay's return. Trey Lyle's return. Did he do something well? It was his first game back from so, injury. But like, we should have put his stat line on there. Yeah, he, he had some nice moments. In that's that game. well. Then that's that's not. Can do one, that, one more? That was one such more. a shitty game. I know, but we should shouldn't we mention the Pelicans or something? No. <laughs> all I see is ugly <laughs> in all caps. <laughs> it's last game. It's last game. Uh, it says one tw- one nineteen ninety nine to the Clippers. Kawhi efficient as shit. Seven missed shots in two games against the Kings. I was like, why well, don't remember seeing that? Because I was yeah. in San Francisco for yeah. that night chat. Oh God! Uh, Jesse James has a great one in the chat. What? By the way, De'Aaron Fox scoring over Chet with the high off the glass. Yep. Yeah, De'Aaron Fox was. He's just having another special year and. I, I do hope that the conti- the Kings can continue to have success and he gets the attention because he is. I agree. Special. Yeah, he's, he's special. He's playing like one of the best players in the league and he's done it. It seems like every, he's averaging 30 a game. I'm so. I mean, we've gone over so many numbers tonight and yeah. I know we're winding down Morgan, but like, can we just, let's look at De'Aaron's numbers on the season for a second because I think it's worth looking at. I think I was looking at them. Um, in our pregame because we were comparing them to SGAs and I was just like, wow. Uh, it, I was, I was more impressed with his three point shooting, which we obviously yeah, looked we at had tonight. Talked about, yeah. So currently he is sixth in the NBA in points per game at okay. 30 points a game. How about the fact that you've got him averaging 30.1 Duran at 30.8 SGA at 31 Giannis at 32 Luca at 32 and then beat at just under 34. Wow. Okay. So De'Aaron Fox this season has played in 18 games. He's averaging 30 points a game. As I mentioned, he's shooting 47 and a half percent from the field, 38.7 from three. He's taking just under eight free throws a game, 73% from the line. Can we get that up? please? Same with Sabonis. Well, all yeah. the guys can, can we knock down some free throws. Uh, he's averaging 6.4 assists a game, 4.4 rebounds, just 2.6 turnovers, and 1.4 steals per game this season. And he's playing 35 minutes a night. Um, can you go to NBA's free throws, like leaders, maybe like attempts? You want to look or at like free what throw free throw averages? Uh, I just want to see who's averaging the most. Um, <laughs> most free throws per game and beat at 11.6 Giannis 11.3 Trey Young 8.6 Devin Booker 8.5 no it says is this right yeah free throw attempts yeah I know it's like so SGA is at 8 per game and okay. Fox at 7.9 okay so Fox cool. is in the top 10 at free throw attempts per game cool that that helps me a little bit too. like I I, I 
last year, I felt like there were times where I'm like, okay, well, he's just not getting the call. Mm -hmm. And I feel like he did a great job of, I don't know, figuring out a way to get the call toward the second half of last season. And then this season, I think he's done a fantastic job of um, just initiating the contact, trying to get the call. And um, yeah, it's just something else that he's added to his game. That's not easy. And when you're not getting it, keeping your head in the game too. Yeah. Love the guy. De'Aaron Fox, stud. Absolute stud. Playing like one of the best guys in the NBA. Just tweet about a more Bleacher Report. I was like, <laughs> just tweet about it. All right, any other final thoughts, Morgan? Um, No. I think we pretty much, we hit on everything in the game. Oh, um, assists again, just really high. I mean, we pretty much hit on that with their 32 assists. Too I, many turnovers. 18 turnovers, too high. But 32 assists. When the Kings get 30-plus assists, they win. Yep, yep, yeah. But I agree. Just... And, and officially, the final and the poll question with all the voting we got, who yeah. was your dog of the game? The fans voted De'Aaron Fox. Dog of the game. 49% voted De'Aaron. 44% Keon Ellis. I love that. Yeah, just a fun fun overall night. That's what I'll say. It was a fun overall night. Not everyone's going to be perfect, and it's a win. And think about how we felt just the other day after that Clippers loss, so... It's great to feel like this again. Good bounce back win. You won on your home floor against a team who is playing well, who, a team that's in front of you in the standings, and now you have beat them twice this year. That matters, especially in tiebreaker situations. Mm -hmm. It's nice. Now, if you go lose against Utah, we're all going to be mad. But just keep this going. Yeah. Let this ride a little bit here. You have mad. a nice opportunity to get three in a row here, mm -hmm. and then you buckle up and get ready for some tough games against Boston, Phoenix, and Minnesota before Christmas. Here we go. Bring it on. We'll be live, of course, after the Kings next game on Saturday night. Hey, make sure to uh, spread the word about our podcast. Hit the thumbs up and subscribe. Also, comment below. We love you guys, but we gots to go. You all have a wonderful rest of your night. See ya. Deuce oh. and Mo. Deuce and Mo. Deuce and Mo. They tell you what they know. Deuce and Mo. Deuce and Mo. Deuce and Mo. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.